WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. Hey, yo. Let's be honest about what has happened to your Pittsburgh Pirates in the month of August. The Pirates have collapsed. That's the word, collapse. The Pirates are 7-13 and in the month of August. On July 31st, the Pirates were 56-52 and and just three games out of a wildcard spot. Now they are 63-65 and and seven and a half games out of a wildcard spot. That's a collapse. Say it with me. Collapse. Spell it with me. C-O-L-L-A-P-S-E. Collapse. Turn it into a blues song with me. Went down to the crossroads, saw the pirates collapse. And I love all the pirate media stooges and the half-wit bloggers trying to put a positive spin on what has been a pirate collapse since those two big trades. They say, oh, they're ahead of projections made in the preseason. Okay, but before the season, nobody knew they would get Archer and Kella. Those projections don't count for opposing losses. Oh, they still have Archer and Kella for next season. Very true, and that's what made those trades great, but they were supposed to help this year. They were supposed to maximize this year. But they're 7-13 and 13 in August. That's a collapse. Just because you won't say it doesn't mean it's not true. The Pirates have collapsed. No guts. Management helped the clubhouse, and the clubhouse choked. Blew it. Gagged. Disappeared. Collapsed. Admit it. It's okay. And now they're going to win between 76 and 78 games, just like I said they would. And I'm standing at the crossroads, believe I'm sinking down. By the way, I said opposing losses, I meant opportunity lost. I can't read my own shorthand sometimes. Sick Again brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. The Pirates collapsed. Admit it, they collapsed. There's no other word to describe it. From 56 and 52 and just three games out of a wild card to 63 and 65 and seven and a half games out of a wild card. Collapsed. And again, don't blame the pitchers. Really, you can blame mostly Martin Polanco. Look at the splits. Look at how they've done in August. They stink in August. A lot of the pitchers have done good. We talked about Williams before, about Musgrove, and about Tyon. But the Pirates have collapsed this month. Your thoughts at 412-333-9939. Pirates resume play tonight at Milwaukee, but it's meaningless baseball. Uh, Yesterday, Michelle Beadle of ESPN said she's not going to watch football because football doesn't care about women. Uh, Let's forget about Beadle's martyrdom, at which she's practically a professional, and about her saying the same thing about WWE at one point, because WWE COO Triple H is friends with Floyd Mayweather, so she felt WWE wasn't respectful toward women. She said she had turned in her WWE fan card. And then 
a little bit later, she turns up on TV at Raw in the front row, popping like a mark. That was only like a couple months later. Michelle Beadle's hypocrisy has always been amazing and mostly ignored. And I think we know why it's been mostly ignored. But here's the basic question about Michelle Beadle boycotting football. If she's not going to watch football, how the heck is she going to talk about football on ESPN's morning show, Get Up? Or doesn't that matter? Perhaps Beatles' martyrdom trumps quality of programming. I think a lot of things trump quality of programming at ESPN. Hey, it doesn't matter. Get Up is basically the view. Who cares? Here's the bottom line. Michelle Beadle did what she always does. She made it about herself. She's an expert at always making it about herself. I saw Bob Lee yesterday on Outside the Lines. His sabbatical hasn't yet started. I love Bob Lee. To me, he's the most respected on-air talent remaining at ESPN. But he was enraged about Urban Meyer not getting fired. Like an old man sending soup back at a deli. I love Bob Lee, but Ohio State has to do right by Ohio State, not by Bob Lee's moral compass or by anybody else's. I'd like to talk Steelers, but I'm not sure what to say about the Steelers. It's preseason. The defense is what it is. The offense is what it is. As Sports Illustrated uh, tweeted, The Steelers might have the most explosive offense in football, but do their questions on defense make them a safe bet to go over their 10.5 over-under figure? Uh, No. (laughs) The questions on defense would make me bet the under. Or probably stay away from that bet because I think the Steelers win either 10 or 11 games. Maybe 9. If you made me pick one, I would bet under 10.5. I would. This Steelers season could be a stinker. I think it has more potential to be a stinker than it has to be a Super Bowl season. So your thoughts, 412-333-9939 up. I want to talk a bit now about Leonard Skinnerd. Now, uh, I know that it's a sports show. But I hasten to remind you, as Teddy KGB would say, And we can't find it. Good. Anyway. Skinner at Key Bank tomorrow night. I'm going, but I'm going late. Because there are way too many acts. Four acts. F that. You would think that Skinner on his farewell tour wouldn't need all those opening acts. No disrespect to like 38 Special, Marshall Tucker, Hank Williams Jr., but I'm old. I ain't got four acts in me. The Skinner story is a very special one. It's an American tragedy in many ways with the plane crash and even all the deaths after that. The originals are mostly dead, and even a lot of the replacements are dead. Uh, the only guys left alive from the Glory Days lineup are Gary Rossington, who's still with the band, and Artemis Powell, who is not. Ed King, of course, died just a couple days ago. But Leonard Skinner is also an American success story, a story of perseverance and friends and family sticking together. And the catalog of songs is brilliant. 
It's a unique sound and a unique style. You know it's Skinner as soon as you hear a riff. It's like Almond Brothers dipped in Led Zeppelin. And uh, with the current band, the performance is still excellent. I always enjoy seeing Leonard Skinner. So good on Gary Rossington, who is the last man standing. I'm looking forward to Skinner tomorrow night at KeyBank. Okay, here's Teddy KGB. In my club, I will splash the pot whenever the f*** I please. It's my show, not your show. Uh, you know, I was 16 when the original Leonard Skinner last played Pittsburgh. And I was just starting to drink some. And I was 16 and I overdid it, got loaded before the show, and didn't remember it. Like, even the next day, I didn't remember seeing Leonard Skinner. It was a blur. And then after that, the plane crashed, and I felt like I cheated myself. Like I never got to see the real Leonard Skinner. And I don't drink before concerts now. Seriously. Not since that night. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Okay, let's reset. What are you looking for from the Steelers tomorrow night? Would you play Ben at all? I wouldn't play Ben at all. Wolf gave some reasons why it's a good idea. I respectfully disagree. I would not play Ben at all. Do you join me in feeling that the Pirates have collapsed? That that's the only word that that can be applied? Uh, what's your take? Uh, this should be a bigger deal. I should be blowing this up. Pat Narduzzi, the pit coach, who is a schmuck, said today at the pit kickoff luncheon that Pitt would be playing in the ACC championship game. What's your take on that? I mean, you're telling the people what they want to hear. But there's absolutely no chance of that happening. Uh, what are your thoughts on Pine Richland High School facing a team from Florida, IMG Academy, which is literally a sports factory? Doesn't that go against the grain of high school sports? They're going to be players from 13 states in Canada on this IMG Academy team playing against Pine Richland. Unless Phil Jerkovic comes back to play for Pine Richland one more game, he's at, at, at Notre Dame now quarterbacking, uh, I don't think Pine Richland has much of a chance. It's just logical that they would not, but, hey, I'm rooting for him for sure. Also, good luck to North Hills High School football. That's uh, my mother's old school. I always root for North Hills in every sport, and I hope they have a great season. I love their student section and the stuff they tweet. Uh, i got to get out to a game this year. I really hope I can find the time. That would... Uh, Make me very, very happy. And the student section at North Hill said they're going to get a giant head of me to hold up. Now, guys, when you get the giant head, make sure it's bigger than my actual head, which is really big. But if you get one that's just life-size, it points out how big my head really is. We don't want to point out that the parody is close to the reality. Uh I'm going to talk about, i got to get this out there, Phil Kessel. NHL.com said Phil Kessel needs to have a bounce back year. He had a career high in points. And that's at the official website of the league. They, they have a headline on Twitter that's that dumb. 412-333-9939. It's the Mark Madden Show, 105.9. Now the super genius, Mark Madden. So, uh, what's happening? He's a little guy. Huh? What? I'd love to get the balls to say what you want to say. Very good point. The X at 105.9. 
Double M on the X. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I can't get over how good this IMG Academy team is that's playing Pine Richland tonight. Like, all their starters are committed Division One already. They got a 6'7", 360 tackle, a 6'4", 327 guard. How the frig are you going to stop them? Then on defense, they got a defensive end, 6'3", 232. At the other end, 6'4", 225. No place to run or hide. But Pine Richland's well coached by Kasparovich. They got some great talent. They have three Division I recruits on their offensive line. So, uh, like I said, good luck to the Rams. Hopefully they can make a good showing. And if not, a game like this is one heck of a tune-up for the Whipple season. They won't be playing anybody like IMG Academy uh, during the Whipple season, that's for sure. Here's a, a senseless note from Whipple football. Charleroi was supposed to play at Manesson tonight, and apparently uh, threats were made against the Charleroi team. Some uh, phone call was made, so the game has been postponed. That really stinks, but I guess you can't take any chances. My instinct would be to go ahead and play the game anyway, but what if something happens and you had a chance to prevent it? But then again, that means every time somebody makes a crank call, you're you're not going to have a game. I mentioned before how dumb the NHL.com website can be. They had a headline on Twitter saying that Phil Kessel needed to have a bounce back year. Now they have a poll. Who's better, Mario Lemieux or Connor McDavid? Like there's even a friggin' comparison. And Mario's leading the poll 67% to 33%. But that's not even close to the runaway it should be. It should be like 100% to 0%. So please go to the NHL.com Twitter and, and make that vote even more correct than it already is. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Let's go to Gary in Wexford. Gary, you're on the Mark Madden show. Hey, Mark. Hi, uh, Gary. I don't think I don't think the Pirates collapsed. I think this is just where they were. I, I don't think you're an average baseball. Oh no, fan. I can characterize this as the collapse, and here's why. They went in the space of less than a month, in in like uh, a little over three weeks, from fifty six and fifty two to sixty three and sixty five. They went from three games out of a wild card to seven and a half games out of a wild card. And that happened after they acquired two players that were supposed to help get them over the hump to get that wild card. And if you look at their hitting statistics, they have been absolutely dismal this month, especially with key players like Martin Polanco. So I think you could apply the term collapse, although your point's well made. 500 teams have peaks and valleys, ups and downs, winning streaks and losing streaks. But I call this a collapse because it was a terrible stretch of baseball. 7-14 and 14 at the most inopportune time possible. Yeah. Streaky players, when they're supposedly your best, are going to lead to a streaky team. And that's exactly what they are. And somebody doesn't step up and not be streaky and be their best player, like Bell, maybe, they're always going to be that way. You know, it's a shame, though, that the pitching actually came on strong. We mentioned the... 
three names earlier with Tyon Musgrove and especially Trevor Williams. Yeah. And it still wasn't enough. The bats let the Pirates down. One thing I feel Bullpen's very comfortable with saying, the bats collapsed. No doubt about that, right? Yeah. Bullpen's good, too. I mean, pretty solid. Thank you for the call. Let's go to RJ and Glenshaw. RJ, you're on with Mark. Hey, good day, Mark. Right. Hey, uh, first off, heading to that IMG at Pine Richland game tonight, super excited to see the number one team in the country. Um, as a Michigan fan, I got a couple Michigan recruits, so excited to check that out. Um, but the reason for my call was you asked earlier if Ben Roethlisberger should play in the preseason, and I believe that he should uh, for, t- for two simple reasons. The first one is, yeah, he is in camp. He is going through getting his body into football shape. However, things are dumbed down in practice when you're going through seven-on-seven and team drills. You know, you're still teaching. You need that little bit of game experience to kind of get yourself ready for the same, for the real thing. Um, And then the second point uh, I have is uh, I know New England's been the pace setter in the AFC, and Tom Brady just played a half of football in the preseason. So if Tom Brady can get there and play and get some experience in the preseason, then I think Roethlisberger should as well. Those are all points well made. But let me respond by saying, Will playing a couple series, or even a half, really mean that much to Ben Roethlisberger in his preparation for the regular season? Uh, no, uh, not in terms of being ready physically or getting back in. Um, just going through the routine, you know, having a little bit of a game plan, making it more of a game-like week prepared for the season. Well, okay, but you would agree that the benefit is very minimal, right? Um, minimal but necessary, yes. Okay, does the reward outweigh the risk? And and that's where I'm, I become on the fence about it. Um, is you know anything could happen. You have someone roll up into him. You have someone to take a shot late. You know, and then we're rolling with Mason Rudolph, Landry Jones, whoever ends up winning that job, which I think will be Landry Jones. Um, so I, I think the risk definitely out outweighs the reward, um, but I think it's a necessary risk. Okay, let, let me throw Plan B at you then. Okay. What if you didn't play him at all in the preseason based on the assumption the Browns are going to stink again and that week one is going to be like a fifth preseason game? Which it may be if you saw the Browns last night against Philadelphia. I've been saying all during the preseason that I think the Browns will be better this year than last. Now I'm not sure they'll be that much better. Right, and I'm glad you actually brought that up. Uh, I see a lot of people going nuts about the, the Browns in the, in the preseason Let's remember they were the, quote, AFC North preseason champs last year going 4-0, and how did that work out for them? Um, you can't take too much into what they do um, in, in this time, and uh, I don't think that it's going to be such a cakewalk game. I think they will challenge them. It's a rivalry game just like any other. It's going to be a close game. Um, but I, I think it's another game that they could win without Roethlisberger, but they would definitely need them to make a run. Well, here's something funny. Uh, the sports books in Vegas are reporting – that most of the bets to win the AFC North are coming in on Cleveland. The Cleveland is yeah. the most bet team to win the AFC North. I'm assuming that's because long odds provide the better with perceived value for money. But uh, I think Cleveland's going to win like four or five games maybe. And I think Baker Mayfield should start. I'm watching from a distance, admittedly. But he appears to be outplaying Tyrod Taylor by a considerable margin. And Tyrod Taylor got hurt last night, although he did return to the game. Yeah, um, and I think you're spot on with that. Um, I think they're in the four, five, six if they get hot at the very, very most wins. Um, and I agree with why they're receiving the most bets is 
their odds have the most payout. You know, it's that risk-reward. You can risk a little to win a little bit more. Why not take a shot on a team that could get hot? Well, And because there's a lot of Bronze fans out there, too. I mean, there really are, and they're romanticizing the team this year because they are better. There's no question they're better. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for the call. Good call. 412-333-9939. Oh, breaking news. The Pirates have reinstated Sean Rodriguez to the roster from the 10-day disabled list. And let me tell you, it is rug-cutting time, Mazemis, because my IQ, as always, remains at 166. Sean Rodriguez currently hitting 163. The race is back on. Sweet sassy molassy. If I was in Vegas, I'd bet on me. 1059 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Double S, big fan, man. Thanks. If you were a hot dog and you were starving, would you eat yourself? I would. I'd be delicious. Ditto. VX at 105.9. Okay, we got a bunch of calls. So we'll take them. Very exciting here on the Mark Madden Show. My God. IMG Academy has three of the starting quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Arthur Sitkowski at Rutgers, who's a freshman. Zach Anikstad at Minnesota, who's a freshman. And Shea Patterson at Michigan. That is going to be one tough nut for Pine Richland to crack tonight. But I'm rooting for him. Go Rams. I, I just... I... I don't see the wisdom of a school that clearly recruits from all over the country for the sake of winning a mythical high school football national championship. Like when, when North Hills won the national championship uh, for high school football, they were just kids from North Hills. That's what makes high school football the spectacle it is, not just in Pittsburgh but everywhere. Neighborhood versus neighborhood. Kids from one side of town against kids from another side of town. That's the romance in a school like IMG Academy just shreds that romance. Let's go to Mike and Robinson. Mike, you're on with Mark. Mark. Mike. Hey, so uh, first off, take it as you will, but I listen to your show every day. And I'm a Browns fan. Okay, good. Um, First off, I want to say that, yeah, I do think the Steelers will probably win the AFC North. But I think the Not Browns have a better chance. I know, right, right, out of, out of the water. But the Browns have a better chance with Tyrod Taylor. Do you think the Ravens Why do the Browns have, have a better chance with Tyrod Taylor than Baker Mayfield? And if they really do, why'd they draft Baker Mayfield first overall? They drafted Baker Mayfield because he's going to be on the Browns for the next 10 years. Tyrod Taylor is going to be there for a year. They threw – what happened to Sean Kaiser last year? Exactly. He, he, he sucked. Yeah, so you're comparing Deshaun Kaiser to Baker Mayfield. That's a legit comparison. Baker Mayfield won't be there long. No, Baker Mayfield will be because he's better than Deshaun Kaiser. You and just compared the two. Him. Literally, I have it well, on, on tape. You just compared the two. I don't want Baker Mayfield in the same situation as Deshaun Kaiser is, is, is my point. And I think that the Ravens will make that mistake this year with Lamar Jackson and he will not be good. Do you, you think, think so? Lamar Jackson's going to start ahead of Joe Flacco? Uh, eventually this year, yeah. I, I don't think so. Not as long as Flacco stays healthy. What else you got? 
No, that, that that's pretty much it. But I, I would say, uh, one, enjoy your show, and uh, watch out for the Browns this year. We're going 7-9, and nine, man. Yeah, you're going to stink. You're going to stink, and your city blows. Actually, I like Cleveland. Let's go to Mark in Ohio. Mark. You're on with double what A. Up? What up? What up, man? What up, man? I'm going to show my ignorance here as far as baseball goes. How we obtained two pitchers at the trade deadline. How many pitchers are in a rotation? In a starting rotation, normally five. Okay, so two guys out of five. Well, Keller is a relief pitcher, so he didn't go into the rotation. Okay, so basically one starting pitcher, and they expect one guy to basically get a team that's been struggling all season long. They weren't struggling all season long. When they, when they, when they got Archer, they were just three games out of a wild card spot. Yeah, but they were pretty much idle. Well, they'd have ups and downs all season long. They were just three games out of a wild card spot. That's all that mattered at the time of that acquisition, and that's what spurred the acquisition. I'm just, like I said, it's just my ignorance as far as baseball goes. So far, so good. Anything else? Thank you. Let's go to Jason and Shaler. Jason, you're on with Mark. I can't hear you, Jason. Good day, sir. Oh, what's up? Uh, originally, I wanted to make a comment on the Steelers' linebackers, but then uh, the more I started thinking about it, I'd rather share in your disdain for Michelle Beadle. Uh, Mark, i got to be honest with you. I was uh, slow to come around to the women uh, football broadcasters, but some of them have done a really good job at learning the game. But Michelle Beadle just gets under my skin, and I well, can't first off, it's nothing it. to do with who's a woman and who isn't. That shows considerable ignorance on your part. Well, no, that's what I'm saying, Mark. I'm saying originally I was slow to come around to it, but I said a lot of them do a really good job now. And I just am trying to put my finger on what it is about Michelle Beadle, uh, Mike Greenberg, and Jalen Rose that ESPN would think it would be a good idea to put them together. Oh, I, I totally agree with that. I, I I think that's the equivalent of making Mike Greenberg host the show with the Axis Powers. There are very few less likable people in sports media than Michelle Beadle and Jalen Rose. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and, and, and that was what Greenberg left that great show that he had with Golick for all those years. He left to go do that. What a mistake. No, I, I don't think it was a mistake because I think he got a salary like tripled or more. Yeah, well, it's not always about the money. but hey, No, 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 no. It's always about the money. <laughs> if you offered me triple my salary to uh, co-host with Michelle Beadle and Jalen Rose, I would do it in a second. <laughs> all right, good day, sir. But I would be so... Ignorant to both those two, I'd get fired in a week. And then we would see if my contract was ironclad. That's a guy from Shaler wanted to talk football. That's kind of ill-advised. Shaler being Owen whatever practically every year. Shaler plays at Newcastle tonight. I can't find the standings from last year. I'd like to know how good Newcastle was before I... Okay, I'm going to predict Newcastle to win, not even knowing. Jen Bellano went to Newcastle, and that's good enough for me. Hey, here's something I want to point out. The Penguins PR Twitter for years has been Penn's PR lady. Because Jen Bellano 
is uh, the Penn's PR director, and she's a woman. They changed the handle just today to Penguins PR. Why is the Penguins PR lady? Is there some kind of, I mean, I don't know how to take that. Jen Bellano's in charge. She's the Penn's PR lady. It should still be Penn's PR lady. Maybe she's making a move. Maybe we'll see a new Twitter handle in the near future. Newcastle High School football PR lady. Because she was a cheerleader there, you know. In fact, the captain of the cheerleaders. Not too long ago. Okay, like a really long time ago. But but I wonder if she's going to the Shaler-Newcastle game tonight. I rather doubt it. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Oh, we got, is Dave ready to go? Dave's on hold. He's not on hold. Now he hung up. Screw you, Dave. Why can't I find Newcastle High School football's record from last year? This is ridiculous. 2017. I'm Googling it. I want to see what the point spread is in this game. There's a site called Max Preps for high school sports. It is the least usable website I've ever seen in my life. All I can find is the 2018 stuff for each team, which doesn't tell me a lot about what their record was from last year. Okay, wait, here we go. Newcastle last year, 7-4. and four. Oh, my God, they're going to slaughter Shaler. My line on that game, I think Shaler was 0-11. My line on that game is Newcastle by 57. That is my point spread. Remember, I said that Newcastle by 57 at home against Shaler tonight. That's three points because uh, Newcastle is playing at home and 54 points because I assume Shaler is its usual lovely self. 0-10 last year, excuse me. On 0-11, I apologize. 412-333-9939. Now, did Dave call back? And he's still, can we figure out if Dave's on hold or not? My God. Four, okay, Dave's ready. Dave, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Yeah, hey, how are you doing? Good. Good. Yeah, I, I was just asking the lady, I guess it was a producer. It was Jen Bellano. She works okay. part-time here in addition to our Penn's PR job. She she couldn't answer the question, and then, you know, when I hung up, it sounded like you still wanted to talk to me. But I, I was, I just had a football what? question for her because it sounded like you said that Okay, okay, you don't call here to talk to the call screener. You call here to talk to me. You're on the air, so what the frig do you want? <laughs> did Pine, Did you say Pine Richland recruited kids to play high school? No, I said IMG Academy in Miami, well, Bradenton really, Florida, uh, recruits kids to play high school football. And they're playing against Pine Richland tonight. Okay. All right, I feel better now. That, that was my, hey, thanks for answering the question. Why, where are you from? Where, do you go, where did you go to school? Uh, I went to a Catholic high school. Oh, they recruit as well. Uh, not as much as you think they do, though. I mean, most of the time, kids go to school there because that, their parents sent them to Catholic grade school, so they go to Catholic high school. Because there. they're a legacy from Harrisburg. What Catholic school did you go to? Seton LaSalle. Seton LaSalle. Yep, yep. But uh, I tell you this, my son was recruited by the uh, by the public school we live in. That coach was taking him out to lunch all the time. All take, the time. And taking him out to lunch? Taking him out to lunch. Creepy. The, the, dude, the dude from the public school was really trying to get him to go to the public school. The Catholic schools weren't trying nearly as hard. 
know? I'm going to try to keep my responses within the boundaries of good taste. I'm next going to talk to Bob McLaughlin. Next hour, we got Craig Wolfley. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. You don't have an option. You think it's the you show? It's the me show. Hey, what's up, Mark? Come on. The lights, the robe, the hair, the woo! The X at 105.9. I'm joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, uh, would you play Ben tomorrow? I would, but no more than two series, no matter what happens. Even if it's three and out both series that's all you'd play him even if it's three and out both series absolutely um i don't think it will be but yeah that's that's he needs to get some game action i think um he needs to get in the game you know with the crowd and all that stuff and just uh just get in there once during the preseason or just to feel comfortable i think he has said in the past that he likes that so no more than two series uh how much do you think he will play though i agree with you if i i would not play him at all because I don't think the reward justifies the risk. I don't think the uh, small amount of familiarity he gains with game action in a couple series outweighs the risk he's under in those two or three series. Uh, but if I played him, it wouldn't be more than two series. How much do you think he will play? Uh, well, like you and Wolf talked about, I think it depends on the drives and what they're able to accomplish. I think Because Wolf said it might be uh, close to a whole half. Yeah. Uh, I think he said a, a whole quarter right and then he, he kind of corrected himself i think he meant to say a whole quarter and then he would start if they didn't have any good drives if he wasn't moving the ball he might start the second quarter but um i don't think it'll go that much i think he will move the ball i mean they have how many of the first 14 15 plays scripted anyways i think they get him in there they go a couple of running plays they go short they go along he's good to go thanks see ya uh what are your expectations for the defense, and how crucial is it that they play better on that side of the ball? Uh, my expectations are to get a little better each game and to you know communicate better. That's been a problem in the past. Oh, my expectation, Bob, is for them to get a lot better tomorrow because they were really bad against Green Bay on defense. No, you're right. But, uh, again, this is a secondary where they're not going to put their main game plans in there. They're just going to be so vanilla for the next two games. Well, no, but they're going to play some diamond dollar. I would bet on that, and Wolf agreed. Well, if they do, they better get the communication. They better get their responsibilities down because that was a bugaboo last year. Uh, you had people running all over the place. So first and foremost, know where you got to be. Second, tackle. You have to tackle better. They haven't done that well last year. They haven't shown that it's getting much better this year. Do you agree with my prognosis that Cam Sutton's versatility may harm him? That because he can move all over the defensive backfield, it might take him a bit longer to win a starting job at one position? Yeah, that's a good point. I think you've seen that. You know, you see it in football on both sides of the ball. Maybe you see it in other sports also. Somebody who does a bunch of things well, but nothing really stand out or really great. And maybe they don't do it great because they never get the chance to stay in one place. Uh, you know, you've got Artie Burns now, not Artie Burns. You got Sean Davis on his third position, started out as a corner, went to free. No, he went to strong. Now he's a free started as a started as a slot corner, went to strong. Now he's at free. Now he's at free. Um, I think that's by necessity. I think that maybe this is the place he plays. I could see if Burns or, or Sean Davis don't come out and play like they want Sutton displacing one of them. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I think that's valid. And Artie Burns has to play better. Artie Burns has to lock that position down because if he doesn't, then there's a bunch of moving pieces and everything gets weaker. 
Uh, what's your take on this high school football game between Pine Richland tonight? Pine Richland, you know, the defending state and Whippeal 6A champions against a team from Florida, IMG Academy, <laughs> which exists to promote athletes and maximize their opportunities. They have players from 13 different states. We talked about the size of some of their linemen before. I, I give Pine Richland credit because that program's so good. They will very rarely be punching above their weight class, but I think they are tonight. And furthermore, I think a school like IMG violates the core principle of high school football, which is our neighborhood against your neighborhood. No, I totally agree with that. And I think that what you have here, you just have a showcase, and and I credit Coach Kasparovich for doing that. Um, You're right. He's not going to find the talent anywhere near. uh, Well, he might not find talent that Pine Richland has in some of their opponents this year. So why not step up against somebody who you know is superior, who you know is going to dominate, and just see how well you do against a better competition? It doesn't really count for anything. I'm pretty sure these academy teams all play other academy teams to count. You know the one danger is that Pine Richland physically could get beat up. You're right. I was just going to lead to that. I I agree. With some of the sizes that you read off earlier in the show, I think you had a guy who was a – what a tackle at six four three sixty or something like that for a high school senior. Okay, six seven three sixty, six four three twenty seven, six three two thirty two, six four two twenty five. Yeah. I mean that's running to the line and maybe having somebody fall on you and you're injured. <laughs> broken rib, broken rib cage. Well, the six seven guy's name's Evan Neal. He plays tackle. Six seven three sixty. I mean, it's one thing to play against like some <laughs> division one stud. This is like playing against Big John stud. <laughs> Yeah, that's monstrous. I mean, and then some of the other things, I think they have the number one and the number four rated running backs. Uh, what do you do? You put them both in the backfield at one time and just see who gets most, you know? Like Franco uh, and Rocky. It, exactly. I mean, again, it's a showcase. It gives Coach, you know, a good look at what he needs to um, bolster, where he'll need to work on a couple of things. But look, Pine Richland, they graduated how many? 22, 24 people last year. Uh, with that state championship team. So they're not going to be in it, but they're going to learn from it. I bet they're in it for the best part of the first half. And hopefully more. Like I said, I'm definitely rooting for them. That's Bob McLaughlin brought to you by 84 Lumber. In just a few minutes, I'm going to tell you about just some real stupid crap. 105.90X.